Welcome to the Wild Grand Rapids message of the week. We hope you're encouraged, strengthened, and experienced the presence of God through this message by Apostle Kathy L. Ali. Good morning. Wow, I don't know about you, but I feel the presence of God so strong during worship and just so grateful to God for just such an amazing outpouring. I want to share something with you. I've got a, actually got a couple of words I want to share as well. Um, someone sent it. says, during worship, I felt this from the Lord. I was personally reminded to engage in worship, make it a priority to link up to the Facebook Live worship sets more often. I felt this is not a time to treat as normal and to be afraid of being out of schedule. We are on the verge of a great move of God. It's been prophesied the third great awakening is coming. I reflected on my garden. I'd never uh, prepped so much for a garden before. I have researched, I have soil, test, soil tested, I have removed weeds, prepared the soil, I'm continually working on it. I have spent a lot of time on just preparing with the Lord, just preparing. I really feel like the Lord is, our time, is in our time doing this very same thing. He is graciously giving us this moment. Whatever God is speaking to us personally, we must give it precedence above everything else and be responsive to what he is doing in us. And do not treat this time as normal or less than. It is a unique and special moment to be made ready for what he is about to do. Can I get an amen? <laughs> when tsunamis hit, this is really interesting because I want to tell you what the Lord spoke to me when I was in the sanctuary here yesterday praying. When tsunamis hit, they pull all of the water back away from the shore at first. Then the wave plus all the water that initially left comes back, and that's why they're so powerful. I believe what it feels like we've lost or is pulling away from our life is only going to return with great increase. One of the things the Lord spoke to me, I had actually had a, like a, a vision. I was um, just walking up and down the middle here of the sanctuary and praying, and all of a sudden I could see the last two Super Bowl games, and I realized that this last Super Bowl game was on 2-2-20, and I really believe that, it's, that, that it speaks to God wanting to do something significant, but that's not it. I heard myself... I heard Ahmad say while we were watching the game, well, it looks like the game is over because the people that were playing, which was the 49ers and the Chiefs, the 49ers were so far ahead of the Chiefs. So I said, no, the game's not over until time runs out. And I believe that that's exactly what God is saying because what happened is the Chiefs came back and they actually won the game. I believe God is preparing us right now for a comeback. 
I believe that we're making a comeback, that this is a preparation time. I don't believe that it's a time to sit back. I don't believe it's a time to mourn. I don't believe it's a time to say, why God, why God, why God, or uh, when God, when God, when God. I believe now is the time for us to get prepared for the greatest comeback that the church has ever seen in history. Come on, I believe it. I believe that God's doing something within each and every one of us if we will submit to what it is that he is saying, if we will submit to all that he is wanting to do, that we are going to receive a glory that we have never seen before because he's pouring out his spirit in unprecedented ways. So I want you to know that God's looking for us to change our heart and not just these outward appearances. He's not looking for the outside of the glass. He's looking for the inside of the glass. What is going on on the inside of us? What's, what are you allowing God to prepare? Turn with me, if you would, to Hebrews chapter 5. Starting in verse 5, one of the things the Lord has been speaking to me, he said, you know, suffering is part of his plan for us. None of us like to suffer. We don't want to think about suffering, but it's actually a part of his plan for us. Hebrews chapter 5, verse 5 says, So also Christ did not glorify himself to become high priest, but, what it, but it was he who said to him, You are my son. Today I have begotten you. As he also says in another place, you are a priest forever according to the order of Melchizedek, who in the days of his flesh, when he had offered up prayers and supplications with vehement cries and tears to him who was able to save him from death and was heard because of his godly fear, though he was a son, Yet he learned obedience through the things which he had suffered. And having been perfected, he became the author of eternal salvation to all who obey him. I believe in this season, one of the things that God is doing is he's causing us to be uh, uh, like uh, students of learning. Students of learning how to be obedient to what it is that he's wanting to do in and through us. One of the ways that Jesus was, was able to grow into the stature of Christ into the stature of what God had for him because he grew in stature, he grew in favor with man is because he learned to be obedient. Even though he was all God, he walked the earth as man and he had to learn obedience and he did it through the things that he suffered so that he could actually um, partake in our suffering and understand what it is that we would be going through. He knew that we would be in this season. He knew that we would be in a season where we could barely go outside of our house. He knew that we would be in this season where this virus would be released. Do you think that he's like surprised? Do you think that he's caught off guard because this is happening? He is not caught off guard. He is not surprised. At any moment, God can put an end to this. At any moment, he is God. He is, he's almighty. He is choosing to use this to mold and forge the body of Christ into his bride, into his design. I truly believe it. God is saying, don't turn to the right or to the left. But now is a time to advance. Now is a time to advance. Not only is there not going to be a recession, but I believe there's a progression 
and not a recession. I believe that the church is not going to regress. I believe we're going to progress. I believe that in this season, we're reprioritizing. We're, we're reorganizing. We're getting things in order in our life. Um, yesterday, we were, I have a, um, a three seasons room. And we just moved into this house not too long ago. And one of the things I noticed is that things were just kind of piling up in this room that I wasn't really using. And I thought, well, I don't really notice it. The door is shut. And I, even though I can see through the, wind, the glass in the door, I still just let it sit out there. And yesterday I thought, you know what? We started thinking about why is that stuff even sitting out there in the first place? It has no need. There's actually other places that these, these things could go. And there were weights, there were pictures, there were all, there's just miscellaneous things. So we took everything and put it in its rightful place. And I feel, and we did the same thing with the garage. There was all this stuff that was sitting in the garage that we were not even using. And I thought, why is this sitting, taking up all this clutter and all this space in the garage? So all that stuff got moved. I believe that God's coming into our heart and into our lives. And he's saying, look, there's a lot of clutter here. There's a lot of things that is just taking up space. And he's going to begin removing those things. And he already has begun removing those things. Are we submitting to it? Are we saying, I'm ready, I'm ready to give away the clutter. I'm, I'm going to put things in its rightful place so that he will have first place in our life. That's what he's doing in us in this season. He speaks to us in the midst of the storm. What is he saying to you? What are you hearing? Are you hearing him in the midst of the waves? Are you hearing him in the midst of the wind? What's he saying? Turn with me to Matthew chapter 14. Verse 22. There is such a shifting that's taking place in the body of Christ and in the world. Governments are shifting. Is it Kim, um, what, how do you say his last name? Jean-Nu, whatever. I don't know if he's died yet or he's dying. Um, but there's a lot of things that are happening and a lot of things that are shifting. And now is not a time to just be sitting back waiting for the doors to open back up. Now is the time to grab a hold of whatever it is that God is speaking to you and to run with it. He's pouring out his glory He's pouring out his glory. And are we going to be vessels that, are, that can carry what it is that he's wanting us to carry? Immediately, Jesus made his disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side. While well, he sent the multitudes away. And when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. Now when evening came, he was alone there, but the boat was not in the middle of the sea. But the boat was now in the middle of the sea, tossed by the waves, for the wind was contrary. Now in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went to them, walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It is a ghost. And they cried out for fear, but immediately Jesus spoke to them, saying, Be of good cheer, it is I, do not be afraid. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, 
If it is you, command me to come to you on the water. I want to stop for just a second. How do you think that they've been walking with Jesus? I, I kept thinking about this. How did they think that he was a ghost? Because there must have been so many, so much wind, and the waves must have been hitting that boat so hard that it would have been splashing up. They could have not have seen the image of Jesus clearly. And all of a sudden, they see somebody walking on water, and they say, oh my gosh, it must be a ghost. He says, no, Lord, if it's you, command me to come on the water. So he said, come. And when Peter had come down out of the boat, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw the wind was boisterous, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried out, saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched out his hand and caught him and said to him, O oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt or why did you waver? And when they got into the boat, the wind ceased. Then those who were in the boat came and worshiped him, saying, truly, you are the Son of God. I was reading this, and I thought to myself, where do I find myself, and where are we finding ourselves in the body of Christ? As the waves and the wind and the storms of life are coming and all of the uncertainty, and, and we, there's nothing we can do. This is, I mean, this is a, actually a really good place to be. You know, people who you want to have control, you want to be able to change the circumstances, you can't. There's nothing that you can do other than to cry out to the Lord and pray and trust his timing. And when I, I look at these guys in the boat, and I'm thinking that they began to worship as soon as, 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 as soon as they started to see, oh my gosh, this is the Lord. And, 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 and what happened with Peter is that he was, his eyes was, they were like set like flint. They were looking just at Jesus. And it was like, I can do this because I, I, I'm keeping my eyes set upon the one who called me. I'm keeping my eyes set upon the one who spoke my name. I'm keeping my eyes set upon the one who's given me promises. And as he began to go out and, begin to walk upon the water, all of a sudden the waves, the wind, the trials of life, of circumstances, the lack of funds, all of these things that are going on with the virus, all of a sudden you can't go to work, you can't see your friends, you can't get together with your family, you can't go to the places that you normally like to go to, you can't go to the restaurant and have a cup of coffee with one of your best friends, you can't go to the mall and go window shopping or buy things, you can't do any of the things that maybe you like to do. But all of a sudden, so all of those things just represent the wind and the waves that are crashing all around Peter. And instead of keeping his eyes fixed upon Jesus, he gets onto the circumstances of his life, which is there's all of this wind, there's all of these waves, and now all of a sudden he begins to sink. And that's exactly what will happen to you and I if we get our eyes on the circumstances and we take our eyes off of the only one that is able to save our soul. None of this matters. It's all about Jesus. And we're returning back into that place where it's all about Jesus, where our perspective is changing and we're recognizing that we will not live here forever. And that Sometimes I think we think, well, I have until this many years or that many years, and we try to like figure out our lifespan so, so we can try to believe God for all of these things. You know, they got in the, in, back in the boat, 
and they began to worship God. They began to worship him because they began to see who he was. And when he said, oh, you have little faith, at least he had some faith. The thing that, look, look at what it says. Oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? It wasn't his small faith that caused him to sink. It was his wavering that caused him to sink. And so what we have to be found is we have to be found where Jesus is found. Keeping our eyes fixed upon him. I believe that this is a season that we need to really press in and pray for our friends and family and for the people that we don't even know that they will come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. I've heard people say that, well, God is a forgiving God. He's a good God and, and, and he'll save them. He'll save them if they come to him. The only way of salvation is through Jesus Christ, Lord and Savior, the Messiah, not a prophet. The only way to salvation is through Jesus Christ. And this is a time to hit our knees and to cry out to God. It's, it's, it's what we've been spending most of our days are doing. We're very busy doing things with, with the church, keeping connected. But our heart's cry is that this, is, this becomes a move of God. I'm not waiting for the day that we can open the doors. As much as I want to see every single one of you, I'm starting now. I can't wait until we can all come together in the lobby. I can't wait until we're all sitting here together in the sanctuary. I don't know what that, when that's going to be, and I don't know what that's going to look like. I know that we have reached something that is way different than where we've ever been before, and I don't think we're ever going to go back to the way that things were. I think it's because God is setting us up for a comeback. I believe it's going to be a great and mighty comeback. When the world has looked at the church and said they were a bunch of hypocrites and all of these things, and they've come against the church, all of a sudden the church is going to come from behind, and it's going to be a light like it was meant to be in a very, very dark and dreary world. This is a prime opportunity for the body of Christ to see say, souls saved and to be part of one of the greatest awakenings. You know, somebody had a dream that in the dream, there was uh, somebody wearing a t-shirt that said revive on it. And I, I can't remember the whole dream. In fact, I could probably just go to it. Hang on just a second. And the woman was, was walking around. She was, getting, she was getting settled into her seat. She was wearing this T-shirt. It was blue, and it said, Revive. And then it said, Revive Michigan. And it was like um, she was recalling something from the past. Um, she represented a, 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 a past revival. And, and now and it was they were at this event and, and they were focused on this past move of God. And as the people were getting situated, I was thinking somehow in this dream, I had knowledge of a church in India. 
and, and, and they were experiencing this amazing outpouring and revival. And the leaders of crusades in India were the ones that were leading the conference. And the leaders had the Church of India had written, wrote out all the names of people that they knew who didn't know Jesus. And I stood there wondering to myself, why were we not doing the same thing as this church was? And in the dream, I prayed over the things that felt so significant. The people were getting seated. They were all like spectators. And everybody was just sitting and they were spectating. And this woman's wearing the revived t-shirt and thinking about the revivals of old. And all of a sudden, it, it, it dawns on her that, wait a second, what if God is wanting to move now in revival and everybody and, and, and people in other places, they're writing down names of all of their lost loved ones. Instead of thinking, well, it's not up to me. It's not up to me to save them. It's, I, I can't judge what somebody's salvation is. No, only God can. But it's your responsibility. It's my responsibility to start taking these things seriously. Let's start writing down the names of everyone we know that is not saved. Let's start praying over them. Put your hand over them. Let's do it right now. Just take a couple of minutes and just begin to write down the names of people that, that you know, that you personally know, that are not saved saved. And then begin to think of all of the people in the world that don't know Jesus Christ. What if this is the last day? None of us know. What if Jesus Christ is about to come back and, and we are not prepared? We do not have our, 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 our wicks trimmed. We don't have oil in our lamp. We want to make sure that we are prepared so that we can go into the wedding feast with him and that we can take as many people as possible. We don't know about tomorrow or next week or next month or next year. We know what we have today. So I really believe that God is asking us to awaken to the reality of who he is and come back to the heart of worship in our life. I pray over all these people right now. I pray over every name that's been written down. And even if it's only written in your heart, I pray over every single person that does not know Jesus Christ as Lord and as Savior. I pray for you to come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. He is the only way. He's the only truth. He is the only light. He's the only way to the Father. I pray that you will spend all of eternity with your creator, the one who gave you breath, the one who breathed the breath of life within you, the one who formed you in your mother's womb. I pray that healing comes and sweeps your soul right now, that where there has been hurts and where there's been resentment, whether it's been toward the church, whether it's been toward a family member, wherever it's at, I pray that the healing balm of God would just come and wash over you right now. And that all bitterness and all unforgiveness would just get rooted out and that Jesus would become Lord over your life. It's a decision and it's a relationship that you would know his voice right now, that you would encounter him, that you would hear him so clearly, that his voice would be clearer than the voice that is sitting next to you or even your own voice, that you would hear the sweetness of his love for you as he says that he loves you. Jesus, I thank you for saving. God, I ask that you would just come
and fill West Michigan, fill Michigan, fill the United States of America. Come and fill the whole world with your glory as the waters cover the sea. May the knowledge of you, God, may the knowledge of your glory just come and flood and fill the whole entire world. And may people fall upon their knees and may we repent for our sins, turn from our wicked ways. Then you will hear from heaven and you will heal this land. May pride be rooted out from midst of us, God. And may we walk in a state of humility and a hunger for the things of you. The only way that we will be able to walk out of fear is when we walk with him. If we walk with him, we will not walk in fear. Amen? One of the greatest antidotes for us and for this world is going to be our faith in him. It is an antidote. It is what the cure is. For this virus, it's the cure for, for all of the things that are going on in the world, the turmoil that is taking place. The response will be that many people will be saved. Acts chapter 16, if you would go with, there with me. You know, we were worshiping. I'm shaking because I can feel the presence of God. We were worshiping and it was so um, powerful. And I remember thinking it didn't matter at all how many people were in this room. I remember when we started worshiping, I remember when I started worshiping, I was worshiping by myself. And I couldn't wait. I couldn't wait till there was like, there was nobody in the house. And I could run around and dance and, you know, sing and probably sounded horrible, but I didn't care. And I just went crazy in the presence of God. I remember when we started this church and there was just a handful of us in a living room. And I was so excited to just be worshiping. It didn't matter if there were five of us, if there were 50, 500, 5,000. It didn't matter. I was worshiping my King, my Lord, and my Savior. And that's how I felt today. I felt like I was just walking around and, and worshiping. And, and I just began to weep because he's so good. He's so faithful. He loves us so much. And I'm just so grateful to know him. Acts 16, verse 25 and when they had laid many stripes on them, speaking of Paul and Silas, they threw them into the prison, commanding the jailer to keep them securely. Having received such a charge, he put them into the inner prison and fastened their feet in the stocks. But at midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the prisoners were listening to them. I want to stop there for just a second. Now imagine, Paul and Silas were just beaten. You know those stripes upon Jesus' back? You know, they were talking, it's, it's the same type of whipping. So they were, they were being beaten. They were putting stripes on them. It was like their flesh was, would have been raw. And, and, and there would have been an excruciating pain. And they get thrown into prison. And some of us feel like we've been in prison, like we're, like we're in prison in our own houses but we're not near in the place that Paul and Silas was, nor are we near in the place where Jesus was before he died on the cross. It says, 
they put him in there. Not only do they put him in there, but they fasten their feet in stocks. And at midnight, Paul and Silas, I'm not saying they didn't cry. I'm not saying they didn't, I don't know the things that they may have said to God. But one thing I know is that they began to worship. In the midst of pain, in the midst of uncertainty, the one thing that they knew was worthy was to offer up their worship to their God. And as they're singing hymns to God, all the prisoners are listening to them. I believe that as we are declaring the name of Jesus through the airwaves, that lots of people who are finding themselves in prison, in prison in their own soul, in prison in their own life, are hearing, they're hearing his word will not return to him void. It will not return to him void. And as he's being lifted up and he's being glorified, things begin to move. The earth begins to shake. How many of you know that there's been earthquakes? The earth is beginning to shake. So then it says that the foundations of the prison were shaken and immediately all the doors were opened and everyone's chains were loosed. There's something that happens when we set our eyes upon Jesus and we begin to worship him that every chain gets broken in our life. Everything that's been like a bondage that we've been running to. Look, if you're running to alcohol, if you're running to pornography, if you're running to something other than Jesus in this season, it can get worse instead of better. I, I believe that as you begin to worship, all of those addictions will just begin to fall off of your life. There's no shame in that. But what I'm asking you to do is to set his, set his face before you like Peter did when he went out under the water. As Paul and Silas is doing here, they began to just worship and all, the, all of the chains were loosed and broken off of people's lives. Not just their life, but all of the prisoners' lives. And since then the keeper of the prison, awaking from sleep and seeing the prison doors open, supposing the prisoners had fled, drew his sword and was about to kill himself. But Paul call, called out with a loud voice saying, do yourself no harm, for we are all here. And he brought them out and said, sirs, what must I do to be saved? So they said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved, you and your whole household. Then they spoke the word of the Lord to him and to all who were in his house. And he took them the same hour of the night and washed their stripes. And immediately he and his family were baptized. I believe this is a picture of the body of Christ and where we are at right now. I believe that as we keep a, a heart posture of worship toward God, that he's going to do what he said he would do, and he's going to bring one of the greatest awakenings we have ever seen. I have, there's, I have no doubt in my mind that as we begin to worship, as we begin to set our face on him,
that all of the bondages, the chains that have been in people's lives that we know and even the, even people that we don't know will begin to be broken because of the power that gets released because we believe that he is the one true God because we are willing to sacrifice all of our comforts, all of the stuff that's around us because we say that we want to see Jesus lifted up and glorified. They were singing that song earlier and I was just like, it was the prophetic song of like, there's going to be a price to pay for God's glory. Are you willing to let him turn your world upside down? And I was like, God, yes. Do you know that there's a sacrifice, sacrifices that he's asking us to make. And it's so worth it. I was getting ready today and I was putting on my, my makeup and stuff and I was thinking about my granddaughters. And this sounds, I don't know, hopefully it doesn't sound too crazy, but I was like, God, what if you do come back? Like, before they even have a chance to get married. I really want them to be able to get married. I thought, what if, what if you come back before they get to have their own home or experience what it's like to be in high school? And I started to get like sad. And I heard him say, what better place to be than to be with me? And I know that sounds crazy, maybe to have those thoughts, but I wanted them to experience the fullness of this life here. And I realized at that moment that the most important thing in this life here is not going to high school, getting married or having children or having your own home. The most important thing in this life is having Jesus. So may we use this time to draw to the heart of Jesus, and may you know the Father's love. We don't know the day or the hour. You can try to piece it together all you want. We don't know the day or the hour. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for just a reality awakening in our life. that you would be our all in all and our everything. There's no sacrifice that any of us can make that compares to the sacrifice that you have already made. I'm so grateful for my salvation, but it's not enough. Moses said that he would not go anywhere unless your presence went with us. 
you said that your presence would go with him. But he said, that's not enough. I want your presence to go with us, that everyone would know that we are your chosen ones. Father, it's not enough that I'm saved. I want everyone to come with you. I want my brothers, my sisters, my mother, my sister-in-laws, my neighbors. I want the world to see Jesus. It's not enough that I'm saved. Come and save this world, God, from the evil one. We love you, Father, and we're so grateful that you hear our prayer. We hope you were impacted by this message. For more information about the Well Grand Rapids, please visit our website at www.thewellgr.com.